Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Let's begin. Hey, gents. Welcome to another episode of Apex Masculinity, a high-performance men's coaching outfit designed to help you show up strong in every area of life. Raising the bar in fatherhood, marriage, finance, business, health, and all things manly. Gentlemen, let's begin. All right, guys, my guest with me today is Mark Iron, men's lifestyle coach. This involves the discussion around diet, exercise, testosterone, everything having to do with men's health. Guys, you're going to definitely want to take a minute and listen to this one. Mark, how you doing, man? Happy to have you on. Yeah, great to be here, brother. I'm doing well. Yeah. Awesome. So Mark graciously fit us into his schedule. He's coming all the way over from Australia, early wee hours of the morning. But uh, yeah, we made it work. I've had a couple yeah. of interviews with people in uh, Romania and United Kingdom and different places, and it takes a minute to get the scheduling worked out, but I'm glad we were able to put it together, man. So, yeah, so let's just jump right into it, man. I was getting into your content that you have out on social media, and uh, let's talk about men's health, man. What's the dilemma? What's going on? Yeah, so a bit of context. You know, I don't consider myself an expert. I work with experts. So one legend that I work with is Dr. Anthony J. Dr. J did a five-year PhD in hormones and cholesterol. He's also a genetic expert. I can unpack that towards the end. But what he, when I first started working with Dr. J, I was kind of shocked because he found that, you know, he went, crawled through all the studies and the data from this point in time all the way back to the 1940s when testosterone first was first measured in men. And he found that a man my age in their 50s had over double the testosterone as the men back in the 1940s had. And that just completely shocked me and blew, blew me away. I just couldn't understand that. But then as I spoke to him, the, one of the biggest problems that we face today is this massive explosion in chemicals that are coming into our body and they're known endocrine disruptors. They're basically just disrupting your whole, all your hormones. And another thing that he, he spoke to me about, again, it's kind of shocking, is that when these chemicals are inside you, they basically shut down testosterone production, and the older you get, the worse it becomes. But with low chronic testosterone, quite literally the manhood shrinks, all of it, the penis, the prostate, and the testes. So everything that the system says about men as they age with testosterone plummeting becomes true for that population of men. But it doesn't have to. You know, we can get our testosterone back to natural levels. And another legend that we work with is Dr. Ken Berry. So back in 2018, when I first, uh, 2017 it was, I was basically metabolically sick and I had no clue. I had insulin resistance. I had liver and kidney problems. My prostate was inflamed and I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I, I went to my classically trained doctor and he, he just, he didn't give me the answers I wanted to hear. Basically, I had to stay on medication. I didn't want to do that. And it, it was just a mess and I didn't want to be there. So I started to search myself and I found Dr. Ken Berry on YouTube. And the same thing happened to Dr. Ken. He's a board certified MD and he got to a place in his life where 
he was exercising, like they said, he was running, doing everything he was taught in medical school, but he was pre-diabetic and he was nearly 300 pounds and he felt like shit. And he thought to himself, how in good conscience can I possibly give this information to my patients? So he started to search for an answer and he found functional medicine. So he thought he would give this a go. So basically, in a, in a few months, everything started to backflip for Dr. Ken. He's... The weight came off, his testosterone came back up and he, he started to just, you know, feel like a man's supposed to feel. And one conversation I had with Dr. Ken Berry, he said to me, at 53, he feels as good at 53 as he did in his early 20s. So clearly there's something going, in, it's something, there's something in the system that's just not helping men. So what we've got to understand is that all of these issues that are faced with men today don't have to be true. So we've got to clean out our body and that's when we can start making testosterone at natural levels. And over time, we can start to get it back to high, high natural levels. But the big problem that a lot of men face is they're taught by the system there's a magic pill for everything. There's no magic pill. It takes time to get testosterone back to high levels. Okay. Something I want to extract out of what you said. Um, if I heard you right, testosterone levels a hundred years ago were double what they are today, as far as an average number across the board. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Especially since the 1980s, it's been falling quite steadily 1% per year. So 1% over 10 years is 10%. So right. she has just crashed to the floor. Like for me, an average testosterone is supposed to be, for men, their, their, their 50 is about 800, but now the average is about 350. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> and I would... back then, they had no fancy supplements. They had none of that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's another thing. Right. I was at the doctor just a few weeks ago visiting, and my, my doctor, the man that I go see, wasn't, uh, he didn't have any open slots. And I had, I kind of had this thing going on and my mother had her thyroid removed when she was very young. So it's in the family, right? This thyroid thing. So I was feeling some like uh, strain in my neck. Come to find out, man, I had just overworked out. I had just overworked out on the bench and caused some strain up near my collarbone, but I was worried about it for a minute. So I went in and while I was there, I was talking to this lady that filled in for the doctor and she, she was telling me, yeah, testosterone, uh, normal levels for men these days are 600. But I remember seeing a post and talking to another friend of mine that actually he takes the shots. I'm sure we'll get into that here in a little bit, too. Um, yeah. He said that's not the case. 600 is across the board normal, but it's not normal for men. Men should be at 8, 1200. And as a society, we've gotten away from that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, man, because, you know, when you get it up to your natural level and we're all over the shop. Some men have got more potent androgen receptors. And what that simply means is our androgen receptors have got polyglutamine repeats. And the shorter the repeats, the more potent testosterone is. So you could be 600 and feeling pretty good, or you might need 800 or 1,000 to get to that place. Okay. Okay. So as it relates to testosterone, guys are going to want to know, because I wake up feeling fatigued. I'm 45. And when, like when I started working in the old field 20 years ago, man, I had energy like extreme, 
And over the years, I've noticed like, it's not there anymore. Like I wake up and first thing in the morning, I'm feeling okay. But by the time I actually get to work, like it's a struggle to motivate myself to actually get out of the truck and get started. So what are some things that a guy can do if he's not to that point where he needs, and maybe you guys don't think men need the creams or the shots or whatever, um, but what what are some basic things that a guy can do to start seeing a boost naturally in testosterone or what are some things we should be avoiding? Good question. So the first thing that I was taught to do back when I first started figuring this out is to get what I call a comprehensive metabolic snapshot. So that's a comprehensive blood panel to find out where your testosterone is, your fasting insulin, your liver, kidney function, all of those things. And that's gonna give you a framework to find out what you need to fix. Because if you don't know what you've got to fix, it's just like throwing darts in a dark room. You could hit anything, you know what I mean? So you've got to understand where the problem lies. So that's one of the first things that I, I work with when I help men get this right. And once we understand that framework, then we can start pulling down on levers to start fixing the underlying problems there. But um, once you get that worked out, and a lot, a lot of men are probably scared to get this blood test done. And that's what a lot of the guys say. Is, I don't even want to know. They want to bury their head in the sand. Right. So you've really got to understand where you're broken inside because, you know, all of the physiology that you know, produces testosterone, clears that oxidative stress inflammation is key. And if you don't know where you're busted, you just got no idea. Right. One of the first things you can do. Yep. Go ahead. No, please. Yeah. One of the first things you can do is what a lot of people don't understand is that there's a lot of science behind this now. And a lot of it comes from Professor Huberman. I don't know whether you know Professor Huberman, but basically every single morning you've got to get a bit of sun. So what the sun does is you get enough light to the retina. It's, it optimizes cortisol and you've got to have cortisol at healthy levels, not too high, not too low. It's got to be in that butter zone there. So the sun does that. It's called precise circadian entrainment. And another thing that the sun will do is switch on thyroid hormone. So as soon as we get enough light to the retina, thyroid stimulating hormone is pushed up and we can start to produce more energy. So you see where this is going? Mm -hmm. And one thing that thyroid hormone does, what we've got to understand is our body is a pathway, an enzyme machine. So there's two things to unpack here. When we get healthy thyroid hormones, what thyroid will do is put more enzymes in pathways. So let's just consider for a moment this is the testosterone pathway. So if you've got a thousand enzymes in the testosterone pathway to make testosterone, you can make a certain amount of testosterone. Now, if you put more enzymes in that pathway, you can make more and more testosterone. So thyroid hormone is the key to it all because it increases energy it uh, rips off body fat it helps with protein synthesis alongside testosterone so that light in the morning is absolutely key to switching on all of your hormones again it's called precise circadian entrainment so that's one of the first things that you can do the next thing you can do is eliminate these chemicals and i've got a free comprehensive elimination plan for these chemicals and they're everywhere personal care products there are non-stick fry pans. They're just absolutely everywhere. So once we eliminate the large bulk of that, 
the, the way I conceptualize this is these chemicals that are coming into our body, we're either storing them or we're getting rid of them. And if you've got too much and the older you get, the worse it becomes, they just disrupt your, your entire hormones. So you've got to get those chemicals out. So those, those are the first two steps that I recommend anyone do. Okay. So in addition to like these nonstick Teflon coated frying pans and chemicals that are found in like beauty care products, what, what other kind of chemicals are we talking about here? Well, the unfortunate truth is that when scientists have tested homes and offices, these chemicals are in the air, 100% uh, in, the, in our homes and offices. So what we've got to think about is the poison is the dose. And everyone has a unique genetic uh, tolerance to these chemicals. So some people can tolerate a lot. Some people can't tolerate a, you know, a lot. So what you've got to do is just start eliminating. So they're in personal care products. So you've got to change your personal care products. They're in foods, so in cheap, you know, basically the foods you get in boxes or fast food joints are just packed full of these chemicals. Okay. So you've got to really just switch out those toxic foods. And they're also in clothes. So you've got a lot of clothes that are petrochemicals, right? Synthetic fibers. So <laughs> when I learned this from Dr. J, it kind of blew me away. And I started to look at the tags of my clothes and a lot of them were synthetic. So I slowly started replacing those. And I just used the 80-20 rule. I didn't go nuts. The clothes that I wore the most, I just got rid of those and replaced them. So that's where I started, yeah. Yeah, and this list is on your website, I'm assuming? Correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure I mention that at the end of the podcast where people can go and kind of see where the attack is coming from. Um, yeah. So it almost sounded like if, a, if a, uh, obviously we're not talking about, you know, wearing burlap sacks all the time or whatever, but it almost sounds like if a guy took himself a week long vacation out in the woods camping in Montana for a week with, with, with an old iron uh, kettle skillet and just didn't bring anything with him other than, you know, some eggs and whatnot that he could actually reset himself. These chemicals will process out over time if we yeah the, the opportunity. one thing that dr j taught me is that when we're storing these chemicals they're stored in our organs and in our fat cells okay so let's just have a think about this for a moment so when you're trying to lose body fat these chemicals are liberated out of the fat cells and go into the bloodstream and a lot of them mimic estrogen so as estrogen climbs up we start making less and less testosterone and we feel like shit right and dr j said this is why a lot of weight loss plateaus occur so what we've got to do is eliminate the vast you know majority of these chemicals but we've also then got to make sure our liver can detox these chemicals and our liver does this in a process called phase one and phase two liver detox so this is why that metabolic snapshot i mentioned earlier is key because if you don't have liver health you've got to work on fixing the liver to be able to do that but there's another problem that a lot of people face is that, again, I mentioned that our bodies are pathway and enzyme machine, and these enzymes require vitamins and minerals. So if you're lacking vitamins and minerals, everything slows down to a crawl. So you've got to make sure you've got adequate vita vitamins and minerals. What would you recommend are essential vitamins and minerals that men should be taking on a daily basis? 
yeah, you've got to start eating nutrient dense foods and that that's a barbed wide conversation in and of itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a few vitamins and minerals that are lacking in our diet. And I learned this from a pretty smart PhD. Uh, he, he went all the way back to the 1930s and he found that big agriculture started to spray the soils with, with synthetic fertilizer. And this depleted the, the soil of key nutrients and, and minerals. Mm-hmm. And some of these nutrients have been depleted up to 76%. So sometimes we have to supplement to make sure we've got enough coming into the system. So what you can do is, is get an app like Carb Manager or something like that and just log your food over a few days and then you'll understand what vitamins and minerals you're lacking. So once you understand what, what vitamins and minerals you're lacking, that's when you can start to supplement the right ones to so just make sure you've got all these vitamins and minerals in your body so your body can actually do the work to detox, to drop body fat, to make uh, energy, to make testosterone. Right, so there's, there's these people that I'll come across their content on social media every once in a while that will tell you that the typical uh, vitamin supplement that you can get over the counter at your favorite box store, whatever it may be, is actually trash. Is there a vitamin mineral supplement that you would recommend that you feel is, is high end in quality? There are, and I don't supplement a lot. I'm a, I'm a minimalist. I want the least amount coming into my body to keep all these pathways turning 24 seven. So I don't need to supplement a lot. And that's because I eat nutrient dense foods. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't want to hear this, but you know, you can just, you can do a search on, you know, any website and find out, or, uh, you know, where the nutrient dense foods are, but I eat a lot of meat and I eat some augments, not a lot, because you don't want to eat a lot of organ meats. You just want to have enough. And once you log your food, you can actually see that you're getting enough vitamins and minerals. So one thing that's lacking for me is folate. And you've got two forms of folate. You've got folic acid, which is synthetic, which isn't great. Then you've got methylfolate, which is the active form. So it comes into your body and it actually works. Synthetic folic acid has to go down pathways to be activated and it actually competes for neurotransmitter production. So you can see that a lot of these vitamins and minerals, uh, they don't actually work when they're in the body. You've actually got to buy the the ones that are already active. So a lot of these things come from foods. But one thing that lacks for me is methylfolate. So that's one thing I've got to supplement. Yeah. Okay. So another, and we live in a world where, you know, anybody that has five minutes to make a video can upload a video and make themselves seem to be a perceived expert in the space of health, men's health. And you never know what to trust or who to trust, right? Like, I'm sure you've heard of this thing with Liver King here recently. Like, I don't even know anything about it, really, other than uh, the guy, I guess he made a mistake with something. But um, this one video I saw, this guy was talking about how coffee or caffeine boosts estrogen. Is there any truth to that? And if not, what are some foods that do boost estrogen in an unhealthy way to where it's actually fighting the cause of, of progress? Right. So you've got a lot of phytoestrogens. I haven't seen any research that suggests that it's going to raise estrogen apart from too much caffeine. Okay. When you've got too much caffeine, that can push up cortisol. 
when cortisol gets to high levels, it takes free T through an enzyme called aromatase and turns it into estrogen. So when cortisol goes too high, yeah, that's when it can actually raise estrogen. Okay. And, you know, Dr. J and I have also got a genetic program and we can work out your caffeine metabolism. So thankfully for me, I've got a fast caffeine metabolism. Some people don't. Some people have got average and some people got very slow caffeine metabolism. So you can see how that could be a problem. Yeah. So like a lot of these uh, pre-workout supplements that guys take that have um, the arginine in them to get the to get the nitrous oxide going so they get better pumps and better lifts are actually have high doses of caffeine in them. And if their caffeine um, metabolic rate, like you were just talking about, isn't isn't good, it can actually work against them in a sense. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And another thing about caffeine, it competes for sleep pressure. So if you don't metabolize caffeine, you won't sleep deeply. And, and sleep is absolutely key to high optimal testosterone and energy. Yeah, no, I like that, bro. It's good stuff. So just going through my, going through my questions here, let's talk about how testosterone uh, affects and ties in with men's sexual health. I was listening to a podcast here recently, and I always thought that early onset ED was related to a lessening of testosterone. However, this podcast that I listened to, the guy had a physician on, an MD, and the guy was actually talking about how the veins in our groin area are like four millimeters in diameter and the ones in our chest are eight millimeters. So when we start seeing a clogging of arteries, the first place we're going to notice that restriction of blood flow is going to be in the groin area. And the way he presented this material was erectile dysfunction uh, had less to do with testosterone and more to do with just clogged arteries. Can you give us some insight on maybe how testosterone is involved with this? Yeah, so basically you got varicose seals, and that's what he's speaking to there. And there's four different degrees of varicose seals in different men. And that's the amount of blood supply to the testes. And if you've got endothelial dysfunction, that's a big problem because the endothelial cells are what make nitric oxide. So if you've got plaque buildup in your arteries, but also the veins, you're not going to make a lot of nitric oxide. So this is why men sometimes have to go on Viagra. So what Viagra does is inhibit uh, an enzyme that makes nitric oxide, that degradates nitric oxide. So that's why the penis can become erect and strong because the nitric oxide is building up in that area. You know what I mean? But uh, one very powerful molecule that actually cleans out the plaque in the arteries is called yeah, is nitric oxide. So it's a bit of a paradox there. The more nitric oxide you make, it's going to actually clean out those plaques and arteries. And I learned this from Nathan S. Bryant, PhD. He's got a book all about that. So that nitric oxide, when it's at optimal levels, is going to give you, you know, strong uh, erections. And it's also going to vasodilate the arteries. And it's a necessary metabolite, nitric oxide, to make high optimal testosterone. So you can see it's very nuanced but you can actually start to clean out the plaque in the arteries when you start to increase nitric oxide pr production. 
And growth hormone is another key hormone that we need pushed in the up position because it helps rejuvenate the endothelial cells. If you don't make a lot of growth hormone, you're not going to rebuild the endothelial cells to produce nitric oxide in the first place. And another thing, brother, is that if you lack choline in your diet, you're not going to make a lot of nitric oxide because choline turns into acetylcholine and acetylcholine triggers nitric oxide production. Where, where would a guy get, so where, where would a guy get nitrous oxide? It sounded like you almost said you would rather him produce it on his own, but yeah. how does a guy produce nitric oxide on his own to start clearing that plaque? Or how does he get the choline to produce the nitric oxide? Choline you can get from egg yolks and animal products. You can also supplement it. Choline isn't in a lot of plants. And because the main reason, as I learned from Dr. J, is that plants don't need choline like animals do. So if we eat the animal products, we're going to get more choline. And they're in large quantities in eggs and fish row, things like that. So if we're getting adequate choline, we're going to have enough acetylcholine to make nitric oxide. And another thing that acetylcholine does when you go to the gym to lift weights, it's a neurotransmitter that tells the muscles to do work. So if you're eating, you're not eating enough choline, you're going to be weaker in the gym again. So nitric oxide production, it's, it's the neurotransmitter that makes the muscles do work. And it's also required for uh, the brain to function a very high degree too. So it does a lot of heavy lifting. Is there a way to supplement with a supplement nitrous oxide production without getting it in a pre-workout supplement that's got 350 milligrams of caffeine in it? Yeah, so basically, this is going to sound ridiculous, but nose breathing. When you breathe through your nose, it increases nitric oxide production by about sixfold. If you breathe through your mouth, zero. Wow, okay. So that's huge. That's a, that's a key piece of the puzzle. Like, a lot of people don't breathe through their nose con consistently. And a lot of people have got sleep apnea. And in sleep, in the first four hours of deep restorative sleep, you can make up to 60% of your testosterone in that window. So if you're breathing through your mouth, you're not producing a lot of nitric oxide. And to make matters worse, you, you, you don't vasodilate. So what that means is you're not going to have great blood pressure. That's going to push up stress hormones. When stress hormones go up, everything starts to come back down. Right. So what, what we teach our men to do is become nose breathers. Yeah. Nice. I like that, bro. Um, so you're not just talking about like a time in the morning where you sit down and maybe during like a meditation ritual, you do some deep nose breathing exercises, but you're talking about all day throughout the day to be conscious of breathing through your nose. Yeah. There's two great books you can get on this topic. One's called Yours and the other one's called Breathe by James Nestor. So what I learned to do two years ago when I started the research of nose breathing, it sounded ridiculous. I mean, breathing through your nose is going to boost testosterone. It, yeah, it kind of does. So what they said to do is to get on a treadmill and just get to a place where it's really difficult to breathe through your nose. You feel like you're not getting enough air. So for me, that was about 130 beats per minute. So they say, just stick with it. And what happens is the stress adaptation in your sinus cavity, so they expand. So you just continue to do that week after week and you'll find that your, your, your heart rate per minute just comes up and up and up. And you'll get to a tipping point whereby you start to become a permanent nose breather.
Okay. So a lot of guys that are going to listen to this podcast are going to have uh, a history of living unhealthy lifestyles, right? And yeah. that was the agenda from the get-go is to just kind of reach into kind of the lowest parts. And I say that with love and respect because I was there. I was the homeless guy. I was the meth addict. I was the alcoholic. I was the guy with a porn addiction. I was the guy that went to prison twice. Um, the guy that lived on the streets and diet and exercise wasn't even a part of my life for years to come. So I think a lot of guys will understand when we say that, you know, drugs, drugs aren't going to help not only testosterone or healthy living, but just help you live a healthy life, a productive, successful life. But let's meddle a little bit about alcohol and nicotine. Do they affect testosterone? And if so, in what ways? Uh, alcohol, huge. Yeah, Professor Huberman did a podcast about six months, oh, probably four or five months ago about this. And not a lot of men are going to like to hear this. Two to three drinks per week raises the baseline of cortisol significantly through brain circuits. So when you're not drinking, you feel more stressed out and you produce more stress hormones. And he said it takes about three months for these neural circuits to change back. So cortisol comes back down to a healthy level. So there's a lot of research behind that. And when you're drinking, it heavily biases free tea to go through that enzyme aromatase to turn into oestrogen. So you can see how it's not very helpful at all. And it also impacts sleep. So you won't sleep deeply. So it's just a vicious cycle, you know, back and forth. So basically, I just don't drink. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I have a, a colleague up here that that I, I love and respect very much. We're kind of kindred spirits, if you will. And uh, he he and I have conversations about testosterone. And we were talking a couple of weeks ago and he was talking to me about how he was taking the creams and he just recently went to the shots, but he's also been a high functioning alcoholic for like 30 years, like, yeah. uh, like, like, like a, like a gallon of whiskey every three days kind of a deal. And it almost sounds like there's a lot of guys out there that if they would just make some lifestyle changes, they wouldn't even need to go the route of the creams or the injections to begin with is what I'm hearing right exactly yeah you can just think of like nutrition as well i think of it as one ingredient so if it comes in a box or a jar or a condiment you can have chemicals in it preservatives all of that and that's just going to tax your energy systems when your energy systems are taxed your testosterone is taxed as dr j said to me Testosterone is a luxury for the body to make. So if you're cleaning out oxidative stress and chemicals and preservatives and all this shit, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of room left to make a lot of testosterone. So if it comes out of the ground, off an animal or off a tree, that's one ingredient on your plate. And that's a great place to start. Yeah, no, I like that, bro. What about seed oils? I'm hearing a lot about how seed oils <laughs> affect testosterone. Is this yeah, true or is this some more, is this more of that social media garbage out there or is there some truth to this? The research that I've seen, it's pretty true. Yeah. Mm. So basically you've got seed oils. So you've got omega-6 and you've got omega-3. And the biggest problem that a lot of men face is that the world is just packed full of omega-6. Now omega-6 is fantastic. It's, it's absolutely needed. But over time, the more omega-6 we eat, it saturates our cells with omega-6. 
So we're, we're more inflamed, right? And we're, we're not reducing inflammation. So the omega-3s are what quell inflammation and they also go into the gene and trigger wound healing in the body. So what you've got to start to think about is this thing that I talk about quite consistently called the omega index. So if you get your omega index checked, and this is the ratio of omega-6 and omega-3 in your body, if it's below 8%, that's a big problem. You'll be, you'll be more inflamed, you'll also have more cortisol, and that just makes everything harder. Mm-hmm. So what you've got to do is work towards getting your omega index above 8%. And the great news is this, every single day, 40 to 60 billion cells are being replaced. And what's in your body are quite literally the building materials of those cells. So if you've got enough omega-6 and enough omega-3, the cells will rebuild themselves back above that 8%. So that, that's a key idea, yeah. Right. So when I think of seed oils, the first thing that comes to my mind is like peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, hurts, yeah. bro, because that's a staple in my house. Bro. <laughs> yeah. The, the only nuts that I eat is, is macadamia nuts. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Lots of mono monofats and monofats are great for brain health. Okay. Okay. You just, so we, you just got to think about if you're getting too much of something, the cells are going to build with that building material. So right. these omega six and omega threes are building materials. But then you've also got monofats. Then you've got the the saturated fats, and you've got you know all of those different types of fats, and they're incorporated into our cells, and they're like the properties of your cells. So the more your cells are saturated with omega-3, which means that your omega index is above 8%, you're going to have much higher functioning resolving of inflammation and better brain function, better heart health, all of that. So Dr. Rhonda Patrick is a great person to go and look at on YouTube to understand this omega index. So if you went to YouTube, search for Dr. Rhonda Patrick and omega index or omega-3s, you'll get all the information that you need to fix that problem. Yeah, no, so I'm hearing the information is definitely out there and accessible. It's just getting guys to the point where they're no longer willing to continue the fatigue and the brain fog and the underperformance. And that uh, that's a hard thing to do, bro, because we're creatures of habit and creatures of comfort, you know, like we can still get up and power through a day and still make a check, but we feel yeah. like crap as a result of it. And just as I notice myself getting older, um, I want to get back to feeling like I was in my twenties, you know, yeah. I ran everywhere. Like I had energy that like took me all through the day. And now I'm like my, uh, my nine-year-old daughter was in school and they had to fill out this paper of what do dads do? and she put she put on there she put on there work hard and take naps right (laughs) i find myself like sleeping sleeping a lot Um, just the last two days bro i don't even i don't even know what's going on i've just been cashed the last two days laying up on the couch but if we were gonna like obviously men uh we need to get serious about this and begin to do the research, even at a limited basis, like just start exploring. Obviously the comprehensive metabolic snapshot is key. And anybody that goes to the doctor anyway, can just ask their physician for this, but some basic steps for what I'm hearing are 
uh, diet changes, less out of the box and more natural, more meat, more vegetables, exercise plays into this, um, better breathing, um, kind of clearing the house out of some of these toxic chemicals. Uh, I think I seen something that it's in the sunscreen. It's even in sunscreen and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that correlates back to the omega index. So when you, your omega index is up high, uh, it takes longer to burn in the sun. So I, I don't even use sunscreen now. I don't even burn now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and more sunshine, which is really difficult to do oh, in North Dakota. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got two kinds of sh- sunshine. You got the uh, the the, the infrared, the far and near infrared, so that's sunset and sunrise. Then you've got the UVB. And coming from Professor Huben, the UVB increases testosterone. So the UVB hits the skin cells called the keratinocytes, and then it triggers the release of these enzymes that uh, go to the brain to release LH. Mm-hmm. So LH is the precursor to testosterone. LH goes down to the ball sack, triggers testosterone production. But that's not going to happen unless you've got, uh, you know, all the vitamins and minerals, you know, keeping all these pathways turning and, you know, you, you've got the chemicals out, all of those things. So you, you can just, it's very, there's a lot of things you can do to produce, to make more testosterone. But if the body's not working and it's full of stress and inflammation, it's just tough. It's like pushing a boulder uphill. You right. know what I mean? The body just can't do it. Yeah. And so our energy comes down. So what do we do? We reach for booed, booze and bad food, which makes it all worse. Because right, right. as I learned from these scientists, when stress hormones are too high, we just don't give a shit because they foster negative emotion. We just don't care. We're just sick and tired of it. Yeah. So it's a, a very vicious cycle. Yeah, no, I've noticed that with myself a lot as far as getting to that place where I'm just so wore out haven't been eating good, been on the run, running and gunning. This oil field is merciless, bro. It has you living out of the gas station if you're not careful. You know, I'll watch these guys go in the store. Like, they're in their 20s now, so they're not feeling it yet, but they're yeah. going to, you know, and they'll go buy three rock star monster energy drinks and a bag full of fried burritos. And in my mind, I'm thinking, bro, 20 years from now, dude, you're going to be hurting like me, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah, well, let's talk about fasting, bro. Like, um, First, first, let's talk about fasting as a way to like clear out maybe some of these toxins, but, but, but maybe something we don't know about fasting and how it helps. Um, what is that term I'm looking for, Mark? Intermittent, intermittent fasting. fasting, Yeah. Talk to us about fasting and how this could help us. Yeah. Fasting, when you do it right, it's going to give you insulin sensitivity over time. Okay. So there's a lot of research behind fasting. It triggers a molecular process called autophagy in the body. So Japanese researcher, 2016, won the Nobel Prize for his work in autophagy. So it's like a scanner. It just cleans out junk proteins. Uh, It also helps the liver detox. It does all those things. But it also pushes up growth hormone because when you're fasting, growth hormone goes up. So you can just see that it's going to be very beneficial to getting you back in the game. And for a lot of guys, you know, as I mentioned, I work with Dr. Jay, he's a genetic expert. We've got, we've gone over my genetics and I've got some pretty bad genetics for fat loss. I've got slow adiponectin genes, so I don't make a lot of adiponectin. And adiponectin 
is a very powerful fat loss hormone. So fasting increases adiponectin, and that's where it comes back to the omega-3 index. The more omega-3 you've got in your cells, the more adiponectin you make at a genetic level. So that's pretty key. Yeah. No, so, no. I've also got these genes called FTO genes, fat transfer obesity genes. So my, my fat cells want to hold on to fat, and that comes from Dr. J. So fasting for me is key, but we're not, we don't all have to fast because we've, got all, we've all got different genetics. So some guys that I work with that don't have to fast, but you know, once we're clearing out the junk and all this inflammation out of the body, fasting is a great first step, but it can be tough for a lot of dudes because they've got insulin resistance. So what that means is when insulin's a bit too high, it's very difficult to tap into our body fat to make energy. But over time, you'll get insulin sensitivity back and that insulin fasting insulin comes down and down and down. So you can tap into your body fat more and more and more. So basically, when you're fasting, you're fueling your brain, uh, all of it with uh, uh, you're dropping body fat, basically, and you're fueling your energy systems with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I like that. Let's talk about nicotine. We hit on alcohol. Let's talk about nicotine. Does that affect? Yeah, so, yeah, nicotine is highly addictive, and there's, there's research that suggests it brings down tea. There's some research that's I don't think they know a lot about nicotine. It's just something you should avoid. The body treats it like a toxin, and we've got to clear it out. So if we've got too much nicotine in our system, you know that's not a good thing. Clearly, because it's just going to bring down our energy production because the liver's got to detox it. Okay, so that can be a big problem. Yeah. How about sugar? Sugar. Uh, well, it depends on your carbohydrate tolerance, right? So basically sugar, they put in a lot of Western foods and coming from human, there's two big problems with sugar. So when you eat sugar, it hits the receptors in your tongue, which are directly linked through the central nervous system to the brain's reward system. So you eat that food and it's like, ding, 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 ding. This is a great food to eat. And the second problem is when that sugar hits the gut, this, the same thing happens. Huberman says there's a parallel pathway back up to the brain to hit the reward center. So you've got two big doses of sugar. You don't need a lot of sugar. One or two grams is enough to trigger the reward system in the brain. So we're always going back to foods with sugar in it. Right. But the big problem with uh, sugar is that when your blood sugar is a bit too high, it brings down testosterone production and it pushes up insulin. So it's very difficult to tap into your body fat. So you're up and down, you're up and down all over the place. Mm -hmm. So what I do is eat to my personal carbohydrate threshold. So I ge genetically, I don't do well with a lot of carbs. I eat about a hundred grams of carbohydrate and that is at the end of the day. And that, that serves me beautifully. And other men that we help can have much more than that. And some have less than that. So we've got to understand what our carbohydrate threshold is and then eat to that carbohydrate threshold. There's nothing wrong with carbs. We just don't want that blood sugar going too high. Right, right. So I know that everybody has a different metabolic makeup, um, different needs for intake of carbs and proteins and all of this stuff. But I'm just curious, just for the sake of the conversation, what does your daily meal intake look like with breakfast lunch and dinner just for you on a personal level yeah it's a good question so I, I eat to my genetics so i've got a lot of food sensitivities from plants lectins oxalates 
nightshades, all of that. So it doesn't leave me a lot of room to eat a lot of vegetables. So my, I, I eat three meals a day. My first meal is at two o'clock in the afternoon. So that's, I fast all the way to two o'clock. Okay. And it's basically a carnivore meal. Okay. Then my second meal of the day is at 4.30. And that's when I start to have carbohydrates. So I'll have a bit of fruit and I'll have some more meat, things like that. Then the final meal of the day, again, I'll have a little bit of veg, not a lot. And I'll also have carbohydrates and protein with that meal. So that's how I eat, but that's based on my genetic right. blueprint. Right, so, I understand, you know, yeah. Not one size fits all, and that's the big idea here. So mm. I'm sensitive to lectins, oxalates, nightshades, a lot of things like that. So I can't eat a lot of them because the poison is the dose. If you eat too much of it, for me, it causes inflammation and stress in my body, which brings everything down. So basically I eat to my genetic blueprint. Right, right. Yep. And obviously, I, mean, I don't think we need to do any like disclaimers. I think everybody, everybody out there should know that we are all metabolically, metabolically made up differently and stuff like that. So you got to figure out what works for you with, you know, your physician and whatnot, or dietitian. This term you use nightshades, I was exposed to this a couple of years ago, we were at a Chris at a at a at a work employee Christmas party. And everybody was eating things. And somebody said, yeah, well, you know, when you come over, bring a dish, but don't bring anything that's a nightshade because I have an allergic reaction to this. And that was the first time I had ever heard of that. And it was also the first time I had ever kind of heard that there are actually certain foods out there that one would think are natural, therefore healthy, but can actually be considered a poison or create inflammation in someone's body. So what are just a handful of different nightshades? Well, we've got two problems here in supplements. Ashwagandha is a form of a nightshade. So you hear a lot of people say ashwagandha is really good. Not for me. Okay. You know what I mean? So supplements can take us out too. Right. So nightshades are in things like peppers, bell peppers, they're in tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do a quick Google search, you'll see where they are. So there's a, there's a list that you can have a look at where the nightshades are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've just got to avoid them. If I can have a little bit every once in a while, but if I had them every single day, I just come down and down and down. I can feel this happening. I'll, I'll get a little bit of bloating, you know, my energy won't be where it needs to be and I can just feel it. Because when you feel what real energy and testosterone feels like in your body, you can notice that dip from foods pretty powerfully the next next day. So yep. a lot of these foods that we eat take four or five hours to crush us, to bring our energy down, brain fog, a bit of bloating, things like that. So we don't correlate that, that food that we ate four or five hours ago was the, the catalyst to bringing down our energy. Yeah, and that's, that's where the work part of this comes in if guys are serious and want to avoid just going straight to the creams or the injections or any other supplement is to actually take a minute and ask yourself how do you feel in the moment and then do the math on the day prior what did you eat you know so uh i saw this tiktok video this guy was talking about man you got to get sun every day and i'm just putting this in for comic relief here but yeah. he's like, yeah, you got to get sun every day and you got to make sure you get direct sunlight on your testicles, right? And I was thinking about this. I was like, dude, I got a trampoline out here I could lay on, but I don't think my neighbors would appreciate that very much. Yeah, it's, yeah is there uh, any truth yeah, yeah. to this or uh, what? <laughs> the, the far and near infrared penetrates really deep into the tissue. Mm-hmm. So 
they've shown that over about six months it can certainly increase wound healing. So if you've got any damage in the testicles, yeah. But you can also use infrared light in the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. So the research is very new on this, but it's suggesting that, yeah, it can certainly help, you know, fix a broken ball sack, so to speak. <laughs> right. Okay, so um, uh, last question here uh, before we get into how people can track you down and, you know, get into your research and stuff like that. Uh, and again, I appreciate you taking the time and everything to be on and share this information with everybody. Creams and injections. Obviously, we want it to be a last result. And it almost sounds like for many guys that start this and want to contribute to big pharma before they do, there are some things that they can do on the front side to avoid getting to that place where they begin taking testosterone creams and taking the injections. But specifically to my question, I heard that once a man starts with the creams and the injections, his body quits producing testosterone naturally, and he now becomes a slave to those creams and injections for the duration of his life. Is that true? That can be true. Not for everybody. I was on TRT myself. I got off TRT in 2018, so I've been off TRT that entire time. But I was on it before that. And the big, the big problem that I found by using TRT creams is that you get testosterone resistance. So there's a, there's a book you can get out there by Dr. Dadis. I'm just blanking on his last name. that speaks to testosterone resistance, but also thyroid resistance. So for me, I had to take more and more um, testosterone to exert the same physiological effects in my body. But here's the problem. Testosterone at high levels can be really toxic. So okay. my, my kidney and liver function went to shit. And I didn't know this was happening. And my prostate became inflamed. So that's one of the big reasons why I got off TRT and I didn't know it was possible. So I started working with a functional medical professional and I got off TRT and it was a bit of a rocky ride because I didn't know all that I knew today as I did back then, but you can certainly get off it. But as Dr. Ken Berry said to me, you know, if you've got, you've been living a really bad lifestyle for a long time, you've had, you've caused so much destruction in every tiny artery in your body every organ that you can regain some of that function, but it's never going to be as good as it once was or could be. So you want to be on top of this now. You know what I mean? You just don't want to be causing any more destruction in your body. Yeah. So it sounds like if a guy has been on the creams or the injections, not in every case, but in some cases, he can pull himself off of that and whether, I know he's going to feel like crap because he's been he's been creating testosterone through the creams and the injections, but with a lifestyle change, diet change, and knowledge, information, he can bring his testosterone levels back up to healthy levels. Correct. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the case. For, you know, not all guys are going to be able to do that, but some guys certainly can. Sure. Cool, man. Mark, I appreciate you coming on. Before we close out, is there anything we haven't discussed about men's health, mental health, mindset, testosterone, anything else that you want to throw in and add? Yeah, like one, one final thing is that it's once you get the body working for you, that's one thing. Your body can make testosterone, but the mindset is huge. If your perception of a situation is negative, that can increase cortisol twofold. I learned that from Professor Sapolsky. So when that cortisol goes up, you feel like shit, it brings down testosterone. And it can also, as I mentioned earlier, 
your free teas aromatized with oysters. So you, you've got to have a strong mindset. You've got to be able to perform under pressure. So when you can perform under pressure like a boss, you know, in the gym, in the boardroom, wherever, you're going to make more testosterone. So, you know, that's another key idea. So it's, it's once you get the body working for you, which can take anywhere from two months to six, six to nine months, that's when you've got to really start working on the mindset aspect. Mm-hmm. No, I like that, bro. And just as you were, uh, I know we, I said we were, we were wrapping up right there, but just as you were saying that, I'm wondering if all of these chemicals and Teflon pans and all of these beauty products are actually affecting healthy estrogen levels in women. Correct. Is yeah. Just a man, yeah. Is it just a man thing or is it affecting everybody? Affecting everybody. Like they, they've shown that if a pregnant lady has um it's a male baby a male fetus anti-androgenic chemicals the the baby comes out demasculinized wow less male typical behavior and also size if you know what i mean the manhood yeah 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 wow there's lots of research on that now yeah dr shannon sean phd she's got a great book on this and things like pain meds Tylenol, a testosterone lowering, anti-androgenic. So even pain meds, it's it's a it's a mess out there, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's what we can ascribe all of the emasculate, effeminate men that exist on the planet today, like decisions yes. that mom made in the womb. No, this is powerful, bro. Guys, I would encourage you to uh check out Mark Iron's content, go to his website, uh, check out all the free stuff by way of information that he's got. If uh, getting a coach in your corner on this issue of mindset, diet, nutrition, testosterone, lifestyle, all of this is something that you guys are interested in. Yeah. Go to this guy's website and check out his content because this is kind of an epidemic and it won and we deserve to be healthy. Like we deserve to be in the best shape of our lives, both mentally and physically. And the people that we love and care for that we claim and love to care for deserve us as men, as fathers, as husbands to be in the best shape of our lives too, so that we can afford them the best of ourselves. Mark, where can people find you, brother? I just, they can go to my website and it's got that free chemical uh, detox plan there. I don't need your email or anything like that. That's the first and easiest thing for you to do. And if you just think about getting that morning and afternoon sun to switch on all the the hormones, optimize cortisol, increase thyroid output, you know, that's that's the first two things you want to think about. And then just start eating nutrient-dense foods to make sure your body's got enough vitamins and minerals to keep all these pathways turning Mm 24-7. So that's really all you want to think about. And I guess you can put my information in the show notes too, man. Yeah, so what's the website? markiron.co mark markiron.co awesome all right thanks again mark i appreciate you coming on this morning bro we'll have to do it again yep great thank you brother i really enjoyed being here today awesome